the Art of Leadership Network. Hey friends, I'm your host, Jenny Katrin, and this is the Lead Culture Podcast, where I coach you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. My team and I at the Foresight Group are committed to building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. Now, each week, we'll take a deep dive into a leadership or culture topic that will give you the tools you need to lead with clarity and confidence and build a thriving culture. So on today's episode, kind of in honor of Women's History Month, I'm going to share some of my thoughts and perspectives on being a woman in leadership. But first, let's get honest about one of the challenges that we as leaders often face. Too much to do and too little time. Does anybody feel that with me? I don't know about you, but I am notorious for overcommitting. As a busy leader, there are a lot of things on my plate, as I'm sure there are on yours. So whether it's managing email, staying on top of project updates, or creating important documents, there are so many details required to run a successful organization. But those details come at a heavy cost. Your time. Too many leaders embody a superhero persona, thinking they have superhuman productivity. Well, my friends at Belay are helping me solve that, and they are the sponsors of today's episode. Belay connects you with an experienced virtual assistant to help you so you can take the organization to new heights. Your virtual assistant goes through a rigorous search process, ensuring you get the right assistant for your needs. So instead of accomplishing those important but time-consuming administrative tasks, you get the most valuable asset in business, more time to focus on what matters most. And at the beginning of this year, I started working with my Belay virtual assistant. And you guys, I can attest to the fact that the team at Belay do their homework and they are intentional to find a match that fits you and fits your culture, which is key. So if you're ready to quit trying to be a superhero, I know you wanna be, but like put the administrative stuff aside Check out BelaySolutions.com and be sure to tell them that Jenny sent you. Okay, so let's talk about the subject of women in leadership. It's Women's History Month, and this is an interesting topic that, frankly, I kind of get a little bit annoyed when people ask me the question, what's it like to be a woman leader? Because it's kind of as if being a woman is like having a third eye or some other science fiction abnormality, like you're a woman and you're a leader. Like I kind of get a little annoyed by it because I'm a leader who happens to be a woman. That's it. My gender shouldn't define my opportunities or my limitations. It shouldn't dictate whether I'm a good leader or a bad one. It shouldn't be the thing that holds me back from leading, nor should it be an excuse for me to be given opportunities that I haven't earned, right? And so for many years, I've tried to ignore that being a woman really created limitations for me, right? Like I've tried to just be like, I'm a leader who happens to be a woman. And that's the perspective that I really try to embrace. But the reality is that that there have been limitations, right? And I've been incredibly fortunate to rise above them. Oftentimes I've just outlasted them. Sometimes I've worked around them. Occasionally I've avoided them. But limitations are, and frankly, you guys, there's probably limitations for every leader for different reasons, right? But for women in leadership, there are 
some limitations that we bump into from time to time. And I think, ladies, for you, I want to encourage you on some of the ways that I've navigated this. So I'm hoping to give you some insights from my perspective. And guys, I hope you're still listening with me. But I think it's also helpful for you to understand that there are just some nuances that women in leadership face. And maybe just hearing me talk about it might bring some perspective that helps you more intentionally engage the women on your team. Because some days I feel strong and confident and I'm ready to take on the challenge, especially when I hit up against some of those limitations. I kind of get that don't tell me I can't do it attitude, right? And that can be pretty helpful. And other days I shrink back because I just don't have the energy for the fight. And so, you know, there's just this, this tension that we navigate sometimes when we hit obstacles repeatedly that um, we have to really wrestle down our why, what's important to us, why are we doing it, why does it matter? But let me tell you one thing I haven't done. I haven't let the limitations defeat me, right? Like I have gotten frustrated by them, I might have gotten stalled by them sometimes, but I haven't let them defeat me. They may have slowed me down, but I haven't let them stop me. And I feel like that's the thing that has allowed me to just continue to grow my influence and have greater impact as a leader is that time and time again, I've seen God make room for my gifts, right? Like I've seen if I just keep showing up consistently, that the doors open and the opportunities increase. And so today I want to share with you one of my favorite leaders from scripture. It is Women's History Month. So we're going to go way back to the Old Testament and look at one of my favorite leaders from scripture, which is Deborah. And I, I love to unpack the layers of her leadership and study like the confidence that she displayed in her calling. Because if anybody had some limitations in her leadership, I promise you, Deborah had a ton of them. And so oftentimes when I'm getting a little discouraged about maybe some limitations that I feel, looking at like the life of a leader from history, in this case, we'll look at the life of Deborah. If I had hours, we'd be talking about a ton of women leaders from history that inspire me. But I want to look at her leadership and just demonstrate how we see this confidence in her calling because it's really pretty remarkable and it's pretty beautiful. So if you need a refresher on the story, I would encourage you to hop over to Judges 4 and 5 uh, because, it, again, really short section of scripture that talks about Deborah's story, but it's just a fascinating read because Deborah was a prophet, priest, and judge of Israel. And when you read Deborah's story, I'm just always encouraged to keep my focus on God, His calling, and his voice in my life. Like I get perspective, right? Like she had just such an eye on God's um, calling and perspective that I think kept her anchored. And so here's what I observe to be the keys to Deborah's confidence. The first is that she earned influence. Deborah was, like I said, a prophetess and judge of Israel at a time when, in, when it was obviously unusual for a woman to serve in such positions of leadership, right? Like this was, there's not any other stories of a female serving as a prophet, priest, and judge of Israel. But Barak, the leader of the Israelite army, and 10,000 men were willing to follow her lead and trust that God was speaking through her. So this is what's fascinating, right? So Barak's the leader, he's the leader of the Israelite army and 10,000 men follow her and trust that God's speaking through her. So to earn that kind of trust, I can only assume that she must have displayed consistency of character, love for people and sound judgment in her roles as prophet and king or prophet and judge. When everything else was on the line, 
she had earned the influence to lead well. Now, I would love to see the backstory on this, right? Like what happened in the years leading up to this where she had this level of influence that the leader of the Israelite army and 10,000 guys follow her into battle because she had heard God's voice, right? I think that's remarkable. The second thing we see in her story is she displayed incredible strength. I can't imagine living in the times that she lived in. And here's a little bit of context. Israel was weak, defenseless, and far from God. So like they were in a dark season. So I suspect morale was low and hope was a flicker, right? Like, like this is probably not like a great season to be in leadership. But Deborah had hope and a vision from God. And out of this, she summoned the strength to still the voices of doubt and timidity. And as one author described, uh, she called the people to battle, leading them out of idolatry and restoring their dignity as God's chosen ones. You guys, when you go read the story, it's really remarkable how she has this hope. She has this vision. See, she sees potential. And you got to ask why? Because the Israelite people had been in oppression for decades, and yet Deborah has this hope. She sees this possibility. And so the strength that she displays to me is absolutely phenomenal. The third thing we, sh- we see in Deborah's story is she showed consistent humility. Deborah held the highest spiritual, political, and military position during that time in Israel's history. And yet I love the fact that in Judges 5, Deborah doesn't refer to herself as judge, prophet, or leader. She describes herself as a mother in Israel, right? Like she sees herself as kind of the mama bear. She's the mother in Israel. She didn't need to prove herself or remind others of her positional power, right? Like she, she, I, I hear the heart in her leadership, right? Like she is a mother in Israel. She's responsible for taking care of God's people. And then the fourth thing I observe is she faithfully obeyed. Deborah drew her confidence from her relationship with God. God gave her the directive for the battle with Sisera, and she didn't lose sight of it, even in the heat of it. In Judges 4.14, it says, Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So she's reminding Barak, the leader of the army, hey. This is the day the Lord's delivered you. Like, come on, let's do this. You've got this, right? And she's being faithful to that vision that God had given her. And after the battle was finished, she and Barak sang a victory song in which they repeatedly thanked God. So, and in fact, like there's a pretty good amount of just those small two chapters where we hear Deborah's story. There's a pretty good amount of that chapter that that we see uh, them thanking God, like their victory song. And so Deborah's story reminds me of God's faithfulness through our obedience. And I think ladies in particular, that's what I would encourage you with, right? Like there can be some challenges and limitations for us in leadership as women. But I think remembering that our job is to be faithful, like, right, to be faithful through our obedience. I'm sure that in Deborah's case, she didn't sign up for all that her leadership would demand. Right. And I I bet you can attest to that as well. Like, right. Like there are days that you wonder why in the world did I get into this? Why in the world am I taking this on? If I knew it would be this hard, I don't know that I would do it. Right. I suspect you've had those thoughts as I have too. So I'm sure Deborah didn't sign up for what her leadership would demand, but her confidence was in God's power, not her own. She was pursuing God's glory, not hers. 
And as a result, the people she led experienced, you guys listen to this, 40 years of freedom on the other side of her leadership, right? And again, this is an era where they had been, the Israelite people have been oppressed for decades. They experienced, scripture says that they experienced 40 years of freedom after Deborah's leadership through this battle. And so we just don't know what's on the other side of the work that we're doing. We just don't know what influence our leadership is having. And so I often, this is kind of a um, kind of a violent visual of it, but a lot of times for me as a female leader, because most of the rooms that I walk into uh, for many years were me and guys. And I hear that from a lot of the ladies that we get to work with uh, in some of our coaching groups is that you're often the only female at the table. And what I try to remember is that I'm, I'm going first, right? Like I'm helping create space for other women to come in and be able to sit in leadership positions as well. I'm helping model the way. And so the, the, the violent visual is that I feel like I have the machete and I'm in this overgrown field. And I'm just trying to hack away and create a path. And it might not be smooth and pretty yet, but I've at least made it the path a little clearer for the women who will come behind me. I once had a leader say to me, Jenny, how you steward your influence impacts every woman who comes behind you. And I promise you, I will never forget. It was from another female leader that was a few years ahead of me. And she was just trying to encourage me like that, that it's not even just about you, right? Like I, I was expressing to her some of the challenges and things that I was navigating as a woman in leadership. and. She was trying to help me have bigger perspective, that it wasn't just about me navigating the challenges as a female leader, but it was about the importance of the path I was creating for the other women who would come behind me. And all of a sudden, that perspective gives you so much more vision and so much more hope and so much more purpose in the work. So ladies, I want to encourage you, keep showing up, be better, be unstoppable and be gracious and be respectful, right? Like just keep showing up and uh, stay congruent to who you are into the values that guide you. That's what we saw in Deborah's um, example. Don't go down the dangerous thought trail of what you deserve or what you're owed, right? Like a lot of times society will tell us, well, you deserve this and you deserve that. And that's a dangerous place to get to. Maybe you are Maybe you do deserve some stuff. Maybe you, we do deserve equitable pay. Like you can get onto those hot buttons, but to focus there is entitlement and it just makes you the victim and it often makes you bitter. So I want to encourage you, be better than that. Hold to your values, hold to your convictions and stay true to what God, the doors that God is opening for you. And let me leave you with just a few more thoughts. Ladies, may our strength be portrayed with respect, dignity, grace, and integrity. May our strength be seen in our confidence rather than arrogance. May our strength be seen in our optimism and hope rather than cynicism. May our strength be seen in our belief in others rather than judgment. May our strength be seen in our kindness and generosity rather than hoarding and protecting. May our strength be seen in our convictions delivered with respect and civility rather than brazenness. May we use our influence to show a better way, a different way, a more gracious way, truly a more courageous way. And may we use our influence 
not to embrace power for ourselves, but to use our influence for the glory of God and the good of others. So ladies, keep stewarding your influence well. It matters. We need you. We need you to go first. We need you to carry that machete and clear the path because every woman who follows in your footsteps is going to be grateful for the work that you've done. And guys, I hope that you are looking for ways to champion and encourage and celebrate the women on your team. Just just thank them for their courage, conviction, faithfulness, um, just the different qualities that you see that help contribute to the good of your team and the good of your leadership. When you call that out, it instills confidence and it uh, encourages us in significant ways. So friends, I hope that was encouraging. It is such a unique space to be a female in leadership and that can depend on the, you know, that can have varying degrees of impact based upon the context you're in. But I think it is helpful to recognize that there are some unique dynamics that women in leadership face. And I think acknowledging that and having the conversation around it can be so incredibly helpful. So keep leading well and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Uh, You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at uh, Get Foresight. It's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T, or at LinkedIn on the Foresight group. You can also find me at Jenny Katrin. And then I would love it if you would share this episode, especially to ladies, share this with another female leader to encourage her. Guys, share this with the women leaders on your team. It will mean the world to them that they you thought of them and wanted to encourage them. So uh, share it with another leader. And if you haven't done it yet, would you please leave a five-star review? Like, give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. It matters so much. And then a big thanks to our friends at Belay for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you need a highly vetted US-based virtual assistant, accounting, social media, or website services, Belay has the right person to help without the added stress of having to do everything on your own. So accomplish more and juggle less with modern staffing from Belay. You can check them out at belaysolutions.com. All right, friends, and one more thing. If you are looking for more leadership resources to help you and your team thrive this year, be sure to go to getforesight.com. That's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T.com and uh, sign up for our free weekly insights newsletter. That's where I share some of my additional thoughts on leadership and culture and uh, all the latest things that we're up to there. You're always the first to know if you're on our email list. So thanks for listening today. Keep leading well, and we'll see you next time.